everybody, welcome to the Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and each week I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Before you listen to this week's show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next so you have enough time to watch it. On this week's show, I'll be discussing The Fast and the Furious with Paul O. Let's roll the film. The Fast and the Furious was released in 2001 from director Rob Cohen. Written by Gary Scott Thompson, Eric Berquist, and David Ayer, the film stars Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Jordana Brewster. Okay, so you chose The Fast and the Furious, and uh, as all my co-hosts are able to choose the movie... That leads me to the first question that I always ask, which is, why did you choose this movie? Uh, I mean, the movie just kind of has a special place in my heart. Um, I mean, it came out in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and it was also the very first movie that sort of embraced the the car culture. Sure. I mean, we had uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, but that was kind of like a heist sort of movie. Right, right. This one was premised on you know, the, the sort of the import car culture. It has since then evolved into something completely different mm-hmm. as we know, but it, it just, a, a lot of things about the movie translated very well with me. Yep. And, uh, I was able to embrace it, not just with myself, but with uh, my group of friends. So there's just like little things here and there. So, like I said, you know, it's kind of like a, I was a rice boy. I'll admit it. <laughs> I was a rice boy when I was, uh, you know, in uh, in high school and early college. Uh, so, you know, I knew a lot about the mechanics of cars, mm-hmm. and, you know, the ins and outs. And you had certain preferences and certain knowledge that you were aware of. Mm-hmm. And so the movie did a couple of things. One, it sort of glorified the culture, but it also had certain inaccuracies that you could point out. Okay. And so you could kind of be nerdy about it. Interesting. You know, like, see, I've had a friend tell me that they watched the first one and so many things bothered them. I think in terms of cars that they were like, yeah, I didn't really bother with any of the others. Yeah. And they do bother me, but it also is sort of a bonding experience or it was a bonding experience Mm -hmm. for me and my friends because we we could all sit around and talk about the movie. Sure. And you know, we were all, it was, it was kind of that the first movie that really took that and put it on a big screen and said, "Look at this aspect of the car culture." Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like I didn't exactly understand why they went with sort of the heist portion of it. Okay, but I, I definitely like that part of it. The some the story culture. element. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, it definitely wasn't the acting. <laughs> it definitely wasn't the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, it just had a lot of cars and, and cute girls. And that was, I mean, that was enough for me. And then, you know, obviously the movie is, the, the franchise has gone to a different place since Right, then. right. But um, I think it goes back to, you know, it being the first example of import car culture in the mainstream media and then just embracing that and having that experience with uh, a lot of my friends. Yeah. So. Cool. As I always do, I do a lot of research, mostly on IMDb, to pull up trivia. So mm-hmm. hopefully some of this stuff is new to you. Uh, I don't know how much you've looked into the background of the movie, but... It's been a while since I've actually like, like researched the movie yeah. and everything, so yeah, it probably yeah. is. Okay, so uh, Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, and Eminem were all considered for the part of Brian O'Connor before Paul Walker was cast. What? Mm-hmm. Eminem? Eminem. That's weird. When did 8 Mile come out? Was that after or before? I think after. That's weird. Right? Looking to get Eminem on the big screen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the role of Mia? was originally written for Eliza Dushku, but she turned it down. Hmm. I mean... I can see it. 
Yeah, I can definitely see it. I think Eliza Dushku would be a little bit more, uh, like, the character of Mia was just kind of like hot girl. Right, like, right. no real substance. It was kind of beneath Eliza. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe that's why. I don't know. <laughs> Considering that, Natalie Portman, Sarah Michelle Gillar, Kirsten Dunst, Bijou Phillips, and Jessica Biel all auditioned for the role of Mia. Really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. <laughs> He's got some heavy hitters in there. Yeah, they like people that can actually act. Yeah, yeah. And it was wasn't really needed. Ugh, that's odd. Maybe they realize, or maybe their quotes were too high. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Uh, before production of the film, neither Michelle Rodriguez nor Jordana Brewster had driver's licenses or even learner's permits. That I didn't know. Okay, because uh, Michelle Rodriguez was on uh, Lost. Yes, and Lost filmed in Hawaii. Yep, and that's where I'm from. And uh, it was actually <laughs> a big news story. In Hawaii yes, because, it was. Like, I mean, obviously she got uh, tagged for drunk driving, but she also didn't have her license. Yep. So, um she was being driven around a lot. And um, I think a friend of mine said this, like, the, I swear to God, I saw her on the bus or something like that. Like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely knew that they didn't have licenses. Yeah. <laughs> Filmmakers asked owners of houses and backgrounds to repaint their houses with more muted colors to show off the colorful cars. That's strange. interesting. How colorful were the houses? I don't know, but apparently they wanted a very muted palette to really make everything pop. Because these cars were like electric yeah. blue and like <laughs> candy coated maroon. Like yeah. They weren't exactly like white and black and gray. Like, that's weird. Right. I mean, this is L.A., right? I mean, aren't all the houses like beige? Or yeah, white? maybe they didn't have to do too many. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul Walker and Matt Schultz carefully choreographed the fight scene outside the grocery store, which is the one uh, in right. the beginning, I right. believe. Uh, but when it came time to shoot, it didn't feel right. In the end, they just improvised. Hmm. Fight scenes are tough to improv. Like, yeah, having a wrestling background, I understand that it's possible to do improv with a fight. But when you have certain angles and cameras and everything relying on what you're going to do, it makes mm-hmm. everything a lot trickier. So that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Uh, the green 1999 Mitsubishi Eclipse GSX that Paul Walker is driving at the start is the same one used in the movie Sex Drive. There was a few differences made to it, such as the roof scoop. Yeah, that made I, that I didn't know concretely, mm-hmm. but I had a suspicion. Yeah, I mean that car. I know that car had, had made its rounds in Hollywood for a while. So, and uh, as did a lot of the other cars. Actually, yeah. So. yeah. Uh, the 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 orange super is actually up for sale right now. Oh really? Yeah, you can buy it from. Uh, I think it's the company that has been doing the cars for the Fast and Furious franchise. They're mm-hmm. trying to they're trying to sell it, or they or they sold it to somebody and that person's trying to sell it. I don't know, but it's being sold for a ridiculous, stupid amount of money for as much as I'd want a Supra because Supras are very rare. Yeah. And they're a very nice car and um, they're something that appreciates in value. It's just the I think the amount of money that they're asking is ridiculous. Yeah. Screen-used cars will yeah. go up there. Screen-used anything, really. Right. Uh, and lastly, Paul Walker has stated that he did this film because of the movie Donnie Brasco, because he thought the role of an undercover cop was a cool idea, and he'd like to portray that type of character. Mm, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. He's maybe going a little deeper than necessary. Donnie Brasco's one, it's a deep cut. And right. Two, I mean... <laughs> As much as I love Paul Walker and you know his legacy is is amazing, his acting in the first Fast and Furious movie is not exactly Johnny Depp and no, Johnny Brasco. No, like, I mean, but you gotta have goals, right? Yeah, goals. <laughs> goals. Hashtag squad goals. Yeah. All right, so jumping into the movie, then uh, starts off with a robbery scene, uh, mm-hmm. doing the heist, the intro heist there. 
didn't take long for them to do the car under an 18 wheeler maneuver, mm-hmm. which is now kind of classic Fast and the Furious right. fare. And I think they do it like two or three times over the course of the movie. Yeah. And it's not possible, guys. <laughs> One, don't ever try it because it's not possible. Two, there are there is no 18 wheeler in the world that is high enough for a car to clear under. Right. I don't care how how low your car is. It's just not physically possible because one see this is a lot this is like kind of the kind of stuff that we talked about sure when we were like after we saw the movie we were just well it's all the stuff that's interesting to me because i know nothing about cars right so i mean under an 18 wheeler in most cases Mm -hmm. there's a spare tire and there's a cradle for the spare tire okay so it's completely blocking off the under portion of the the trailer so i don't care how low your car is it's not going to go I get real heated when I talk about this stuff because it's all I remember a lot of those like conversations from the past. Yeah. But yeah, definitely good memories. But yeah, don't try that. Don't try that. Stupid maneuver. Yeah. Uh the uh Tredo's diner or grocery store, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Is it overkill to have a fight scene with a song repeatedly saying, Watch your back? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Watch your watch your watch your back. <laughs> I love that scene though, the one with uh, when they're talking about the tuna sandwich. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like one of the enduring quotes in the movie. Yeah, it's like, totally. It's like tuna no crust. It's like the tuna's always bad here. That it's it's whole, such an obvious like I'm not here for the tuna. Yeah, type that idea. Whole back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It's charming. Easy way to let a girl know you're into her without. <laughs> right. And yet it's all about tuna, so that's a whole different direction. Yeah. Uh, you go to the night race and the party, uh, following it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when Limp Biscuits rolling was cool? <laughs> 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 they play it for like 10 seconds. Yeah. But... And like they got, it was like the weird remixed one too. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like the original version. And like, <laughs> yeah, like the music that they use in it, looking back on it, it's laughable. But I will say this. I have, I have playlists on my iPod. That of Vast and Furious music. Of songs from the Fast and Furious movie, and every time I hear it in my car, I'm like, oh, yeah. It brings you back. Yeah, I'm bobbing my head. And totally. You know, but I have if, songs for the same reason. Yeah. So, And then in that in that scene, for me, the best character is Hector. Yeah. He's like, my name's Hector. I got a last name, but I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Just cuts it off right away. Yeah. No debate of it. Interesting fact, which could have been the trivia, but it's not. Uh, the pizza delivery guy who can't get by the cars. Right. That's the director. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Roads closed, pizza boy. Yeah. That's why it's an older guy delivering a pizza oh. instead of just some kid. Yeah. Totally right. a director. Okay. That's cool. Brian and Dom are super cool about just having a car blown up. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Well, first, let's go, let's, let's go back in time a little okay, bit. Okay. Go ahead. And let's point out something about what happens to that car during the race that makes zero sense. Sure. Okay. So you guys, his laptop computer is open. It's blinking. It's beeping. It's yeah. manifold in danger. And he's like, shut up. And he closes and he shut. Uh, As if that's going to stop. Whatever. He shuts the computer down. And then the floorboard on the passenger side falls out. Let me tell you something. The manifold is nowhere near the floorboard <laughs> of your car. If the floorboard of your car is what's falling off, you got bigger problems. Yeah. Than the manifold. And is just, it was like one of those things you look at it and you're like, what? Like anybody with any sort of like mechanical inclination. See, like, I'm so dumb. I assume that was the manifold. <laughs> I have no idea. It made no sense. And then like the the whole thing, the the speech. Yep. The speech that he gives after he almost won. You know? Oh yeah. That the whole thing with uh, you had me, 
You never had me. You never had your car. <laughs> He's got the biggest shit-eating grin on his face. Yeah. Just, Dude, I totally almost had you. I almost had you. Where's the surfboard? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go surfing. So, like, that, I don't know it anymore, but I memorized that monologue for so long. <laughs> and, like, whenever, like, anybody said anything about almost having something, mm. that always came out. And That's I was like, funny. You never had blank. Yeah. You never had blank, blank. You know, granny shifted, not double clutching. Like, I don't remember all of it, but yeah, that was a great, that was a great quote. But yeah. then, yeah, the whole thing about the car blowing up, it's like, oh, well. Yeah. Well, like, it's the what? Almost like Yakuza. The Johnny Tran. Tran like, the sort of like triad Blows the guys. crap out of it. And next thing, they're just like, what's up, man? Like, uh, uh, like nothing happens. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> As if that happens every day. He should have yeah. been like, you're a cop, right? And like, right away. <laughs> that didn't phase you in the least. I know. It was so weird. But- yeah. I guess, I don't know. Ugh, that was weird. Uh, also at the party after, sure, taking Vince's beer is a knock to him, but mm-hmm. who knows where the hell that's been. I know, right? That doesn't seem right at and all. And he just kind of like wipes it with yeah. his t-shirt. Like, that doesn't do anything. No bueno. Gross. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the that whole thing, the the conflict between him and Vince is like, it, it's so inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, the the character leaves later and then comes back with his tail between his legs. But mm-hmm. it's like, there could have been more. I don't know. that. It, I guess you know, it just kind of speaks to the quality of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Their whole relationship is based on that one fight they got in yeah. outside of the, the diner. Nobody likes the tuna here, asshole. <laughs> As if he thinks he has a chance with her or something. Right. Uh, we then go to the police station, which... Uh, is very nice. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Cops yeah, I mean, they're in, in Hollywood, but cops in LA just confiscate, yeah. confiscate million dollar homes and they just set up shop. Like, yeah, I totally believe that. And it looks so out of place and just fucking ridiculous. The ice cappuccinos. Because <laughs> yeah. they're having like the serious conversation. They have like whipped friggin' cappuccino yeah. things. Like, <laughs> it's so yeah. weird. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. These people aren't cops. No. Like, it, yeah, that just ugh. <laughs> um, then we go to the garage. I might be skipping stuff, too. If I'm skipping stuff, let me know, because I watched it a couple of days ago. It's hilarious how far computers have come in 15 years <laughs> when you see Jesse like the plans working for the on car the 3D. Yeah, yeah. On, like, a 3D model for a Supra is on a floppy disk. Right, right. Like, one, where is that floppy disk? Because that thing is fucking amazing. Right? How is it holding 3D graphics in yeah. like animated form? And two, it's like that whole scene about like where they're they're saying like, uh, we can make this great. Yeah. Overnight parts from Japan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess nowadays it's a little different because everything's so much more widely available. Yeah. But I mean, back in those days, I guess you really did have to order things from Japan. I mean, it was 2001. I think of that as being still a pretty highly technologically advanced time. Yeah. Like, but damn. <laughs> why? Why? Like, and just this kind of this, that scene sort of like brought it all to a head. Like, where the fuck are they getting all this money? Right. I don't care how many trucks you're hijacking. Like, Where's all this money coming from? Like, I don't know. Like, suspen- Overnight from Japan is expensive. Suspension of disbelief, real high. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was funny, too, that when he's talking to Jesse, it was almost like the film was saying, let's take a quick break for an ADD after school special. Right. <laughs> Be like, oh, man, I'd... I have the ADD, and that's why I can't do anything else except for 
Except for this. <laughs> this is the only thing that makes sense to me because, man, that ADD. <laughs> like, it's the most debilitating condition you could possibly have. Yeah. Like, Jesse, the whole character of Jesse's just like, <laughs> he's like this human glitch. <laughs> he's, just, he's, just like, he's like, yeah, uh, I'm really good at fixing cars, but I am terrible at everything else, including line reading. Yeah. Because, like, in the movie, it's like, you can't understand what he's saying at no. the time. No. Yeah. And then uh, after that, what did they get the, they get the car parts and then they put the car together. Yeah. And then they take the car out for a spin. And then that's another, classic line from the movie where they're uh, driving down i think it's the pacific coast highway and they come up to a ferrari mm-hmm. and like uh oh yeah, yeah. The car. Yep. it's actually my uh my uh cover photo for my facebook page it's oh like yeah they're 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 wearing the sunglasses sitting in the super looking over at the ferrari and they're like uh how much does that run you and then the guy's like more than you can afford pal ferrari and then he revs the engine and then dom looks over and he's like smoke them like Okay, it's so tacky. Like, what? And then I love that the guy says Ferrari too. Like he's a Pokemon nest and say the name of the car he's in. Yeah, it was classic. But that whole that that's one of those scenes. It's like one of the memorable scenes and lines for me. It's just like, like more than you can afford, pal. Ferrari. It's like, oh, rich douchebag. Shut up. (laughs) And as a kid, you think, oh, rich douchebag, so much more, just because. Uh, I jumped to the raid montage from there where, mm. uh, <laughs> you get like dope's debonair playing and saliva's, uh, superstar during the yeah. race with the Ferrari, which are two songs that I do have on my uh-huh. iPod. I don't know if this is where I heard them for the first time, but remember when rock songs were cool in movies <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it wasn't just dubstep and rap. Now it's, well, now it's like the, the JJ Abrams, like, or the uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It's just sound effects. It's not even songs anymore. Songs and movies will take you back to that time period so fast. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Definitely. But yeah. And then the, the whole heist thing where they're like raiding Johnny Tran's home. Yeah. That was like, uh, that like, uh, as an Asian American son, yeah. like I empathize with that because anytime like you get in trouble and your parents are in the room, it's yeah. like, Ooh shit, you're it's in so trouble. Much worse, yeah. And then it's cops busting down your door. And it's like, and then his father gives him that look like you have dishonored this family. He's probably better <laughs> off with the cops at that point. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, definitely empathize with him. I was like, Oh no, you're in trouble. Somebody's not getting their allowance this week. <laughs> Which is weird because they're like running Chinatown, but he still lives at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that about? Yeah. I don't understand. It seems like he came from money and stuff, too. So, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, uh, the race wars yeah. out in the desert, which I thought was a little odd mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that they made several mentions of the race wars throughout the movie. It was this big thing that they were building up to. Yeah. Barely there. Yeah, it was real quick. I mean, and that's supposed to be like one of those tentpole moments in the series or in the movie. Cause I mean, race, racing is what they do. Mm-hmm. And like you, this would be an ideal opportunity to showcase it. But, uh, yeah, it was real quick. It ended up just being like a transition tool to learning right. like that they actually, you know, they're the ones that are robbing. And it seemed like a big deal that Brian was going to have to race at Race Wars and beat somebody in order to, like, kind of learn about the gang and stuff. But that just all got kind of fast forwarded through. 
right. because other shit happened because Jesse's an idiot. Apparently. <laughs> right. And like, there's the whole thing about, okay, this is another thing about the movie that makes, makes zero sense. It's like the whole thing about how the, the emphasis on nitrous mm-hmm. and how nitrous is like the cure all. Like it's like the it's rocket. Totally in my notes. <laughs> yeah. The moral of the story is nitrous oxide wins every race. Exactly. Like too soon, junior. <laughs> like what? Like, like, okay. For <laughs> it just my brain freezes up when I think about it. Nitrous is like a combustible gas, obviously. Sure. It it allows your engine to put out more power by it creates an environment where more oxygen is taken in and combusted, and so mm-hmm. it gives you more power, right? They just use it free willy-nilly. Yeah. They're just like pressing buttons all <laughs> bam, the time. Bam, 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 bam. And their the car should have been like they should be a crater in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times that they're just pushing buttons. Well, you think about, too, the car that blew up earlier, the, that Johnny Tran yeah. exploded, had gi- two giant nitrous tanks in yeah. it. They, they all should have been on fire. <laughs> like, instead of just, like, that one little thing, it should right. have just been, like, this giant fireball. But, yeah, the the whole nitrous thing that... <laughs> it should have been just called NOS the movie. <laughs> yeah, I need NOS. <laughs> Lots of NOS. <laughs> Because they showed the logo like every five seconds. Oh, yeah. Nas definitely paid for that. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. But the whole race war thing, like it was, you want, you definitely wanted to see, you know, at least you wanted to see the Subaru showcase because they spent so much time developing that car and like, like this is the the sort of, uh, this is going to be the baddest car in the whole movie. Yeah. And they kind of didn't do it. I mean, I assume like the karate tournament in the Karate Kid, the race wars would be like the climax of the movie. Right, right. Because they just kept building it up. Right. But then it turned out being like. Plot uh, point. Yeah, plot <laughs> point. Yeah. And then the whole thing with like the them learning or Brian learning that they're the ones that are jacking cars and his suspense, his disbelief is like, like two seconds. And then he's right. like, I gotta go save them. <laughs> and then he's like, and then the whole thing and him saving Vince, it's so just like clunky. It's like, he's kind of redeeming himself, but also not. Yeah. Like, and then he's like, Oh, I'm a cop. Let me just call a helicopter. Cause that's what cops do. And then just, the react like the the best thing about that is just like Dom's reaction, like Vin Diesel's reaction. I was gonna say that is uh Vin Diesel's best acting is when he's totally pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And him getting to that level of like visible anger. Yeah. And then like you can see how much he's restraining it. Be like, I've never seen him perform better. Ever. You see you see him get a little bit more puffy. Yeah. And like his face, like he gets that like pouty look on his face, but his eyes get real big. Yeah. And like he gets a little sweaty and you're like, Oh, he's gonna turn into the Hulk. <laughs> But yeah, the it was so like that scene that it was just so clunky, and then and then obviously it leads into the final scene, the 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 race, the race to end all races. Oh yes, and the that's after the drive by. No, that's before. Or yeah, that's after the drive-by. after the drive by. Yeah. yeah, so you get the drive by. Uh, Dom's muscle car is like the first one in the movie that doesn't look like a Hot Wheels toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it lo- it's just like a black car. Yeah, and he's like, it's like the, it's like his what is it, like it killed his dad or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this car killed my dad. Like, this car is so dangerous. <laughs> But I'm going to take it for one last ride. And as we learn 15 years later, he's taking it for many more yeah. rides. This car is so dangerous. <laughs> it killed my dad. Because it is both fast and furious. 
<laughs> and apparently, with all the mechanical knowledge that I have running in a garage, I'm unable to make this car safe. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you spend your days building cars, and all these cars are safe except for this one? Because right. what? This is so weird. And then the whole thing, the, 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 the quarter mile drag race. Yep, yep. And like you see the slow motion after they uh, jump over or they cross the railroad yeah. tracks. And then you see the turn signal go on on the Supra. Like, I did was, not see that. It's so odd. It's out of place. <laughs> just, oh, you're going to make a turn here? Oh, good, good. Okay. That's so weird. Yeah. And then the and then the final scene where they's like, I owe you a 10 second car. <laughs> Here's your car keys. Later. It see, ended very abruptly. Yeah. I mean, if if you haven't picked up on this by now, this movie is straight garbage. <laughs> the, the reason I picked this movie is because it has a lot of mem like I have a lot of sentiment sure, sure. towards it. So it's like a lot of memories and just like remembering those, you know, those uh key quotes, you know, and just being able to repeat them in like, you know, in context with your friends. Yeah. Like that it's that sort of movie. It's not like a Oh, if if I had selection power on this show, half of the movies would be garbage movies that I just love anyway. Yeah, there's no cinematic quality to the movie. It's just it's it's just little memories that you have of the movie and also obviously the thing about the it being the first sort of showcase of import culture on uh, you know, on a movie screen mm-hmm. was uh the big draw for me. I mean, since then, we obviously know that the movie, this franchise has gone exploded in a completely yeah. different direction. Yeah. Has, has blossomed into this weird, crazy action orgy of a movie. Car and, porn. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's hardly car porn anymore. It's really just explosion. That's porn. true. It's like Michael Bay's wet dream combined with The Rock's baby oil sweat. It's just like this weird <laughs> cocktail of testosterone. Yeah. But yeah, the original movie was just a lot of good memories and a lot of good times. I still watch it like, like on occasion, just like if it's on TV. Yeah. It used to be on USA, like oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, literally like every other movie, it was Fast and the Furious. So it's definitely got some good memories. I was gonna say too about the race too that uh, like slow motion onion effect, like onion skin, like you see kind of the frames moving around with them was a very uh, 90s effect mm-hmm, to use. Like you mm-hmm. saw it in the X-Files all the time, even in like the intro to the X-Files. Right, right, right. It was in there. But it's so weird. Like whoever thought that was a good idea to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not dramatic at all. It yeah. just looks dated now. Well, I guess maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember it thinking it was a good idea <laughs> like that long ago, but... Yeah. And like, uh, you know, just little things about the movie. Like, um, there was one scene in Race Wars with, uh, when Michelle Rodriguez yep. is racing that guy yep. with the dreads. That, uh, white, that white car is a white RX7. Mm-hmm. That was my friend's brother's car. And so when we saw that car, we're like, oh, oh. You know, we freaked out and whatever. And, um, and I hated how I loved the movie. I hated the fallout of the movie. Mm hmm. Because for a long time, those decals that you saw on the side, those were a thing. Yeah. And as were the neon lights under cars, ugh. which are like illegal now. Yeah, because they're like you, know, you can get super distracting. Lights. Yeah. yeah. Just so much out of that movie that was so gross. I watch it. I'm just like, I need to put Need for Speed undercover. 
<laughs> I know, right? Like, and there's the Fast and the Furious thing, right? For Need for Speed or one of the racing games. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's like I I compare the movie to like your your best worst night in college. Mm-hmm. You know, like your best worst night in college started with all the best intentions, yeah, and ended horribly. <laughs> But the next morning and, and for the rest of your years thereafter, it's, it's a memory that you keep with you mm-hmm. and that you reflect back fondly on. You're never going to go back to doing that. Yeah. But, you know, it's a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the Fast and the Furious. That's the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it is very interesting to see because I hadn't watched this since I saw it in a theater mm-hmm. in 2001 because I recently did just see Furious 7. But seeing where the franchise has gone compared to where it started, like to look back at the Fast and Furious and be like, man, that seems so grounded compared to jumping a car through three skyscrapers and like any number of ridiculous stunts that they do now. It's hilarious that it's like it's a grounded movie. Right. (laughs) It's it's more realistic than only in comparison. Yeah. Just out of. Oh, Oh, man. That movie was weird. (laughs) <laughs> I'm 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 trying to start to think why did I pick that movie? <laughs> but yeah, good memories. Cool. Anything else? That's it. All right. Thanks for joining me and being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Paulo for joining me this week. Random Movie Club is a production of the Geek Generation. You can get every episode along with everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our flagship podcast, The Geek Generation available both on the site and on iTunes. Thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolfstein Music for our theme song. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next week when we'll discuss Star Trek First Contact. See you then.